Welcome, fellow Business Central enthusiasts, to another episode of A Shot of Business Central and a Beer. We are very thrilled to have you join us as we uh, dive into the latest news, talk about our favorite features from the highly anticipated 2023 release wave two. And as usual, we are going to explore how artificial intelligence is revolutionizing the way that we and you do business. So sit back, relax, and join us as uh, we get this party started. Ken, what's popping? <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite episodes. We get to talk about 2023 Wave 2. Yep. The release uh, details just came out. So I've been busy studying up, yeah. pouring over all the content, getting ready to make sure that we can uh, talk about some of the highlights today. And I'm uh, sitting here. We're doing another. We have another first. We do. On uh, the show today. It's the first time we are drinking. We have a repeat beer. Yeah. And it's, it's, I would say it's a good beer for a repeat beer. I agree. Yeah. We got a little Modelo Especial <laughs> here. And uh, yeah, it's delicious. Um, and, and we're doing this. Um, yeah, it's it's a hot summer day most places uh at least in the northern hemisphere yeah. <laughs> um been really hot um you know end of july and uh so this is a nice refreshing beer right in your wheelhouse yeah this is if this is probably off the top of my head i mean this is this is my favorite beer right so we're not drinking with any limes i usually put a lime in it um for some reason with mexican beers i like to add limes I mean, I don't know why I don't add them to Other. domestic beers. It's the same thing, I guess. Right, but, right. You know, it's just. <laughs> um, but let me give you a little backstory on Modelo. So in 1925, the people of Tacuba, Mexico, created a beer to celebrate a revolution. Now, Modelo is not only the fastest growing beer in America. It's the number one beer in America overtaking what, Ken? Bud Light. Bud Light has had a string of bad luck lately. <laughs> So it is a privilege, I will say, that we get to drink this for our first repeat beer. Yeah. So uh, kind of a shout out to Modelo for becoming the number one beer in the United States. Uh, oh, worth it. Yeah. I mean, I, I would tell you, I th most maybe 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 you didn't know that it's it's the number one selling beer in the, in right. the United States. Um, but. If you, you you probably have heard that in the news, it's been in the news recently, right? There's been a lot of news, but I'm saying if you would have like three or six months ago, let's say six months ago, I never would have guessed that Modelo Especial was High the five. number two, <laughs> yeah. right? They were like number two yeah. or, or three, I think two at the time. And, um, you know, they, they shot up a couple percentage points. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've been growing by leaps and bounds. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, if I, if you asked me, like you said, six months ago, would I put them in the top five? I don't think I would have, but yeah, if you would ask me, what do you prefer to drink Bud Light or Modelo? I would have said hands down Modelo, not a Bud Light fan, but definitely right. a Modelo fan. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This is so, delicious. But so it's, it's what, it's kind of low in alcohol, I guess, what, 4.4% or average, medium, whatever, yeah. not low, right? Okay. Yeah. I'd be relatively low to compared to most of the stuff we drink here. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I offered to bring in a stout today. <laughs> 7.5% alcohol. Thank you, no, thank Ken you. said no. Yeah. And then uh 
Only 143 calories. <laughs> Listed on their website, I'm not sure. Oh, IBU, really low too at 18. Low. Yeah, not bitter, not a lot of bitterness, not clean, crisp. Yeah, and finish. you know, it's it's when somebody says, I'm drinking beer, this is exactly what I picture a person to be drinking, right? Taste, smell, smell. I mean, you're, you're obsessed with smell, and color, I mean, everything. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I opened up the bottle and I could smell it. Yeah, did that, and it's just a good, good smell. Man. Right, and even the gold wrapping on the top. I mean, everything is just beautiful about this. Yeah, I don't think too bad. JFT nine four four from Tennessee on Beer Advocate does not agree with you. Uh, they just their rating was a one point seven, one point eight seven out of five, and it just says terrible. Come well, on, Mr. JFT944. Yeah, I challenge you to give any beer that's not crafty a higher rating than one and a half or two, whatever you rated this. Yeah. I mean, for what this is in this category, it's got to be rated top three, at least in my opinion. Um, you, I mean, how do you compare this to something like the, the milkshake Naui pineapple beer we had in the past? They're completely different. Yeah. You know they're not they're not even in the same category, yeah. um, but JFT what was it nine one four or something? Yeah, WTF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call nine one one after this, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a beer advocate yeah. <laughs> username WTF nine one one. But uh, what do we got next, Ken? What are we going to jump into? We're going to kick back. We'll cover some uh, Business Central news, talk about latest updates and some other few other fun facts and, and things. And then we're going to dive deep into the list of new features coming out in October for 2023 Wave 2 of Business Central. And then we'll finish it up with a little, little uh, snack and talk some AI. So stay tuned. All right. Welcome back to a shot of Business Central and a beer. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, so we are currently uh, deployed to most Business Central online environments. We have version 22.2 uh, as we sit here at the end of July. 22.3 has been announced, but most environments have not been updated to that yet uh, most of ours it looks like um, it's like around august 3rd or so environments will start being updated um, of course you can schedule that to be uh, a different point if you so choose um, but you know we've got uh, kind of now a couple really couple updates into version 22 which is our 2023 wave one release right right and uh, we do have some some officially mostly hot fixes and um, hot fixes One and updates and update, things. Right? Yeah. Uh, but there is a new feature that's being released, which is basically um, I don't have the official title of it, but it's basically providing better information for error message. Yeah, so it's called fix errors yourself with actionable error messages. And yeah. So yeah, they're giving giving you a, um, a link to copy the message, some better insights. Certain error messages will have a button on it that will help you, maybe guide you to help you fix the issue yourself. Yeah, they're just providing what seems like just more information just to help you maybe figure out what's going on if 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 there's an issue. Which you know, there's not too many issues anymore, but 
Also, I'd like to point out that Business Central is now in 31 new countries and regions. Wow. So I might be wrong, but I think I saw somewhere where they're now in maybe 172 countries. Uh, yeah, I think actually we'll, we'll talk number. about this in the because there's a bunch of new countries they're adding as part of 2023 wave two. Yeah. So we're going to hit hit on that. And it's, you're right. It's a lot. It's, it's a like, it's a lot of countries. Yeah. So you want to keep going with your news? Or you want me to jump in? No, Here's what I got. There are now new attached licenses for Business Central Premium that are available. So Microsoft just launched uh, two new attached licenses for BC Premium, and they are Dynamics 365 Sales and Dynamics 365 Customer Service for $20 per application. Before it was, you would have to... Uh, license like Dynamics 365 sales professional for $95 user because it costs more than the Business Central. Mm -hmm. And then you could attach the Business Central license for $20, but now it's it's the reverse. So I think that's really good. Uh, you know, a lot of people who run BC online and, and, and even on-premises, well, this pretty much applies to online, but so a lot of people who run BC online, they they also use Dynamics 365 sales and customer engagement. So it's it's going to help a lot. Um, there's a new learn module released for Business Central. It came out and I believe at the end of June. It's called Work with Service Orders and Dynamics 365 Business Central Training on Microsoft Learn. So you can check that out. There is a new Dynamics 365 community. I feel like there always is every every quarter, right? Somewhere, somewhere along the line. Um, but this community has a specific Business Central forum. We'll link to it in, in the show notes. And then uh, for me, last but not least, what I have is Business Central Office Hours Calls. The next BC Office Hours Call is on September 3rd, and it's going to cover the topic of performance troubleshooting tools. Once again, in the show notes, we'll have a register link. Excellent. Anything else for you? Uh, not today. Just uh, the, just just a reminder, uh, September Dynamics uh, Community Summit conference is in Charlotte. So if you're relatively new to Business Central or you're looking to upgrade maybe from GP or NAV to Business Central, I would highly recommend attending uh, the, the summit conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it, just tons of content sessions, tons of Microsoft representation, um, and, and just a great opportunity to talk to other people to find out what they did, how they're using the system, and and uh, look at other apps or solutions available from other partners as well. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to mention one more thing. Uh, Microsoft recently launched for another Dynamics 365 product called Microsoft AIM. And uh, so what it is, is AIM offers organizations a tailored path to move to to move those critical processes to the cloud, right? So they're trying to help everybody um, you know, that's on-premise customer for NAV or Business Central, they obviously want to move you to the cloud. I like the idea. They're going to use some AI-infused tools to help out. They've got a, uh, you know, a team of dedicated of migration advisors, you know, expert assessments, investment offers, tools, like I said, in, in migration support. The only thing I don't like is that we tested it out. We went to sign up for whatever. They're, they're only going to so far recommend I don't know how many partners, but a select partner. So 
if some random customer who's using Business Central on-premise goes on to Microsoft AIM website, signs up, it asks them what their name is, what country they're from, and what their phone number is, I believe. Yeah. And that's all that it asks, and you can check a, a check a, a box to say, I want to be connect, you know, contacted by a Microsoft partner. But who who is deciding what partners contact who? You know what I mean? I mean, right. are we going to get a notification saying contact somebody? At least it could have been within the radius of, you know, the, the zip code or whatever. But I guess in today's day and age, that doesn't matter. But I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's always, uh, it's always kind of, oh, it's it's released, so now everyone can start to see what it is and figure out how it works. Yeah, right. I mean, we talked about in the past that Microsoft was had one partner selected to to test some things. I'm not sure if this goes along with it, as this was recently released, um, maybe at the beginning of this month. Right. And I know that that was talked about in the past couple months, but maybe it's the same. Could be, yeah. It's hard, but it's hard still, to tell. Yeah, as a partner, we want to know how we can get involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they kind of focus that too, not only just on, on I mean, so that AIM, Microsoft AIM, um, it's, it's really Microsoft trying to throw their arms around a methodology of how to move companies to a cloud ERP. Yeah. Right. So you're coming from an on-premise solution, whatever it is, NAV, SL, GP, AX. Right. Um, and and how do you get to the newest online solution? Yeah. And it, it looks like a potential tools and assessments and things that that you can do um, to, to help make that decision. Um, but why not make it partner only then? Where only partners can access it and you're your customers and and whatnot and new prospects come right. to you and then you have the access to the, to the tools. Why make it so where customers go on there and get contacted by a random partner? Right, right. That's well. It's <laughs> one of the questions that all minds <laughs> want to know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I put Ken on the spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, you know, ultimately, it's uh, it, that that uh, that journey, if you will, from your on-premise solution to a, a cloud online solution, is unique for every business, every company, right? I always say, you know, we never do the same thing twice, right? And it's true because we are constantly implementing new software from Microsoft, new features, new functionality, new capabilities. Yep. It's at a different company that's of a different size with different people working there and different expectations. Different extensions. Different Everything. apps, yep. different requirements, different integrations, different reporting. Yep. It's, it's it. I mean, you know. There's no one size fits all. Correct. No matter how hard you try. There's, there's no not even a, there's all. not even, there's barely a three size fits all. Right, 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 right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's very, it's a unique um, process to figure out what those requirements yeah. are. Um, unless the beauty of the software though. Yeah. That's what makes it special in, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'll pick on, and I, I will even pick on, uh, to get off on a little bit of a tangent here. I'll even pick on uh, an industry that's kind of a well-known in our world as a as a vertical success story for for NAV and, and Business Central, which is uh, wineries. Right? There's a you know winery vertical app uh, for vineyards mm -hmm. uh, solution, but I, and I, and I'm not an expert, but 
in this, but I'm going to guess that uh, a small single site vineyard selling, uh, you know, uh, 10,000 cases a year is has very different requirements than a vineyard that maybe is in multiple countries yeah. with multiple, multiple varieties countries, exactly. selling million, uh, 2 million cases right. a year. Right. Absolutely. S significantly different business process requirements yeah. for those two, those two organizations. Right. So, how, you know, there, there isn't a single uh, yeah. way to solve that problem. For the record, the expert claimed to not be an expert. <laughs> hedging, the hedging, hedging. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, uh, I agree with you 100%. One more, one more update. We, we may have talked about this last month. I can't remember, but it's worth talking about again, even if we did. And um, that is the question of what is Microsoft Fabric? You may be out there, if you're looking around on the internet, you're looking for business intelligence or business central or something, and it talks about integrating with Microsoft Fabric. You know, what is that? Well, it's it's a, a kind of a new brand, if you will. Uh, Microsoft says it's an all-in-one analytics solution for enterprises, which kind of indicates larger companies. Confusing though, what's Power BI then? Well, that covers everything from data movement to data science, real-time analytics, mm. and business intelligence. So Power BI is one component falls into that of category. That. That you is. also have Azure Data Lakes, um, other uh, SQL like reporting right. uh, and data analysis services that might be used for data mining and yeah. things like that. Um, so, so it's 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 the way that Microsoft's kind of laying on like an umbrella, I guess, uh, called Fabric over all these products, kind of like how they have they have the Power Platform yeah. or Dynamics 365 with all the different products under that umbrella. Same kind of thing. Fabric is the overlay for all of the data analytics uh, solutions. Yeah, so Power BI is probably going to move from Power Platform then, huh? Yeah, I mean, classified it's, yeah, or whatever. considered as uh, yeah, a part of this. Yeah, there's data factory, data engineering, data warehousing, data analytics, Power BI. Those are all kind of components of this. So yeah, it definitely screams enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of like you know, so for a for a for a business central customer, right? The real question is is which is this really necessary? Is this something that you need? Um, and and uh, certainly there are companies out there, I think that, that definitely could leverage this business, running Business Central. Uh, my guess is based on our experience, the vast majority of Business Central organizations running Business Central, it, it it's probably gonna be overkill. Yeah. Maybe there's one or two applications for a couple of pieces of this, but but Power BI in itself, uh, maybe with a data warehouse yeah. where you're combining data together um, might be something. Right, it's probably going to have an enterprise price tag on it. So, you know, what what is it really truly worth the benefit of of paying that that price? Right. But right. it's all things to look into if if you yep. think you need it. Yeah. So so something. It's nice that it's there and it's available. So for those companies that do need that type of of power uh, and complexity, 
but I think for the most part, Business Central customers out there, um, Power BI, maybe with maybe with a data warehouse, um, probably is all you're going to yeah. need. Am I the only person having trouble keeping up with all the new Microsoft things? Microsoft Vivo, Microsoft AIM. I mean, it's just nonstop. Yeah, it's so, very difficult. It's a lot, and I think and 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 you and you like do this every. I time. know, I know, and we recently heard that uh, even Azure. Azure, however they say it, is going to change its name. Right. So it's just more and more, more things. Yeah. Azure Active Directory uh, is going to be called, going to be called, called something else now, right? Yeah. But it's just it it's it's literally nonstop with with and that, and that's a good thing. I mean, it helps with all of their, uh, you know, it helps push those stock prices up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's what people need. So Azure Active Directory is going to become Microsoft Entra ID. Entra ID. I, I'll be the first one to say it. I scratch my head with a lot of these names, you know, especially with brands established for like Azure or or even when they change the name from Nav. Although I think I understand why they switched the name from Nav now. So I do a lot with like Google keywords and 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 you know forecasting or not. And there's a company that actually is called Nav that eats up a lot of uh, whatever that that those impressions and everything so but all right what do we got next we're going to jump into the ken's favorite segment 2023 release wave two business central yeah go grab another cold beer maybe grab your snack now and kick back yeah. we're going to dive through all these features the highly anticipated Business Central 2023 release wave two notes are upon us. And just like with past releases, Microsoft focuses on the categories of adapt faster with power platform, application, co-pilot, and AI innovation, country and regional development, governance and administration, legislation, onboarding, productive with Microsoft 365, reporting and data analysis, service and platform, and user experience. Wow, that's kind of a lot of groups. Yeah, that seems to be the trend with all the uh, the last release wa release Woo. wave. So, um, let me throw in my first thoughts. Right. So after quickly glancing through the categories and new feature updates, I noticed that there is an emphasis on improving warehousing and uh, working between companies. Yes. Yeah. So, but also there there's a lot less co-pilot and AI innovation um, updates, as well as a lot less productive with Microsoft 365. So from my standpoint, I thought there'd be more AI and co-pilot integrations. And over the past couple of years, I've been really excited about seeing more and more Microsoft 365 things. It's kind of it's kind of tailed off. I mean, yeah, you know, I love that shit. I do love that stuff. Yeah, that's the stuff that gets me excited where you're into the warehousing and finance, whatever. I like the features. Yeah. 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 But, you know, so we'll see where it goes. Um I guess we'll start with what adapt faster with the power platform. Yeah, let's start. We're kind of kind of just going to run through the list of uh, list of new features. There should be a you know relatively long segment. Um, <laughs> we'll try try to touch on touch on each one, but we're kind of we're going to go right in the order that the release document is in. So if you've if you've uh, downloaded a copy of that and looking at all those details, we're going to follow that same order. So it kind of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, me. for all the people following at home with. 
with reading or whatnot. So, yep. So, yeah, let's start with the power platform. Um, I'm first one really simple. They're changing the modification limits for triggering flows and bulk updates. There was a limit of 100 when you're using Power Automate. Now they've changed the limit to 1,000. If that means something to you, bravo. Super user. So, yeah. <laughs> um, next one for Power Platform is they're supporting business events in, in the Business Central connector for Power Automate. Um, so this one's a little bit probably bigger deal. Um, with this release, building flows that react to specific business events within Business Central is now possible. So we won't get into the digger into the details of that, but it's basically when a business event occurs, you can trigger a, a workflow. Yeah, that's based on a Business Central event. Right. Um, I think there's an events page. What I would tell you is this makes using Power Automate within Business Central. Uh, just more feasible, like capable without having to build extensions or customizations yeah. to support its use. So I think that's a, a big step in the right direction um, yet to be, well, you know, we'll have to see how, how cool it is. And anything is almost an event, right? Like creating a new customer or. or yeah, there's thousands yeah. and thousands of events and things that go that are out there. Yeah. Nice. Um, another one is you can enable specific virtual tables when you connect to Dataverse. Again, if this this is something that if you're using Dataverse, <laughs> this will be meaningful for you because it gives yeah. you more power and flexibility to connect to Business Central uh, through Dataverse. Um, another power platform, get control over how to view Power BI embedded content. So this one's kind of cool. This means like on your role center page and Business Central, um you can kind of stretch your view of your of that power bi fact box you can kind of make it larger control the zoom levels easier um show scorecards and then um basically the visual refresh yeah. of some of the demo reports that they include i think that's a big one i think yeah. a lot of people are using power bi yep yep for sure so that's power platform section so we're off to a solid start so far Next, I think we're heading into one of my favorite areas. I got two favorite okay. areas. I've got application, yeah, which we're going to hit next. Localizations, no, <laughs> and then maybe my maybe my favorite one actually might be user experience, yeah, because that's some cool stuff about what you know how you interact with it, how Absolutely. you interact with it. But uh, speaking about application, though, I think that this might be, in my opinion, one of the most beneficial group of features within the category that I've I've seen in in, in past releases i think in there i think most of these could be heavy hitters right for features for for people that want to use them so yeah yeah definitely some warehouse inventory um you know tracking and and functionality features so yeah so there's quite a, there's a few of these applications new ones yeah yeah so let's um kind of go through some some of these uh so availability overview helps you calculate quantities in your warehouse. So, you know, a lot of times if you have your warehouse set up, you may have uh, you may, may have items on hand, but not available, meaning they're, all, they're in a non-pickable bin or they're already reserved for another client. Uh, there's a new overview page that allows you to uh, get better visibility to what's actually available and not available to pick. 
So, so it's more of a real-time view. To, yeah, better visibility. So right. someone who's creating an order says, oh, it looks like we have 100 of these on hand. But how many are actually available for me to go pick for this customer on this order right now? Yeah. Um, that's it, been kind of an issue for certain people. Yeah. And I think I saw that, just th that this level of visibility extends across all locations, right? Mm -hmm. And it helps. So I think yep. that that's important. Yep. Um, and then next one's also warehouse related. Configure the right level of handling for different warehouse operations. So this basically allows you to set up how you want to handle inbound warehouse activities and outbound or internal processes separately. Today, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. If you, you you set it up one way and and then you have to handle all of the transactions in that same structure or manner, uh, this gives you a little bit more granular choice of how you set up and configure your warehouse for tracking by zones and bins. And Is it going to be used by a lot of people, this one? Um, I think so, yeah, because because you may, you may need uh, an advanced picking process. So warehouse shipments and warehouse picks, but but you may be you may need a a simpler receiving process, or a production picking process. Gotcha. So this is going to give you a little bit more flexibility in how you do that. Um, and then, unfortunately, I think there's maybe even more warehouse later, but they switch to then uh, mm -hmm. do financial consolidations across environments and multi-company setups. So. What this is going to be applicable for is you're running multiple companies in multiple business central environments. So you have oh. two different production environments, <clears throat> but you want to consolidate the data, GL data from one of the other environments into your main one for consolidation. This is adding the ability to go not only pull data from another company within your environment, but go find another company in a different BC environment. And consolidate that. Is it common practice to consolidate from? Uh, not not terribly common. Gotcha. No. To to have two separate, separate. business central right. production environments, and you want to consolidate the financials, okay. you can do that today. By the way, through files, you export the file from the from the one environment, and then you import the file into your mm -hmm. other environment. So you can do it today. Now they're just automating a little bit gotcha. by allowing you to. Pick the environment and just it pulls the entries. So a nice feature if you need it. Yes. Yeah, but but I don't think that's a huge uh, one. Um, next one under application is edit and excel on item journals and warehouse worksheets. So they're just adding that to a series of different journal pages related to inventory and warehouse, so you can edit and excel. So which is cool. Uh, the next two I'll bundle together um, into timesheets. Get more productive while entering timesheets and get more productive while approving timesheets. So again, I don't know how, what the segment is of business central companies out there that are using timesheets. I don't think Probably it's kind of low. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty low. Um, and, and this is just adding some features and functionality to improve how timesheets work. Very nice. I'm going to bundle the next two together. Yeah. Uh, include approvals for intercompany general journals in your workflows, and then make intercompany transactions across business central environments. So this is obviously if you're using the intercompany postings functionality, uh, 
within Business Central. Uh, this allows you to, to do approvals for your journal, general journals uh, between companies uh, and also um, make intercompany transactions across environments. So similar to the consolidation thing, today you, today you can do intercompany transactions between companies within one environment. This now lets you do those between companies that may be sitting in different environments. So once again, not too common, I would say, but Correct. it's just nice to have if you need it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're using intercompany boastings. These are things that you'll be happy to see, especially if you have multiple environments. I need to go back and figure out how many of these were actually requested on the uh, Microsoft Ideas website. And are you volunteering? I should. Yeah, I should volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one is uh, really interesting to me. Um, it's called, it says, suggest the next step for sales orders and production orders. Um, this is really interesting. I'm just going to read this one because um, let's let everyone see what they say. So first piece, in my opinion, Business Central offers a reservation worksheet that can help you reserve and allocate incoming goods. They're adding a new reserved from stock field. It's going to be an option field where options are full, partial, or none. Uh, that will help you understand whether you can ship or pick for a specific order or order line. Um, the reserve from stock field is included on fact boxes. Um, for example, on the sales orders, it's in the sales line details. So I think this, again, this kind of relates to that one, like with the available quantities. Mm -hmm. That says if you're using reservations, this gives you better visibility into the reservations. Yeah, it just seems like it's just offering more visibility. Um, I, I guess it says that, you know, the, the new status where we can also reduce the risk of accidental partial shipments or production and assembly order delays caused by insufficient stock. So, yeah, it's just it's just more visibility, yep. which is a good thing. Yep. Uh, the next one, sync document and posting dates. So document date and posting date on sales and purchase documents. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. There's, there's there's these two fields, document date and posting date, and there's functionality like where if you update one date, it updates the other one, but not vice versa. Users get confused about that. This is adding a new setting that you can link these two together. Nice. So if you update one, it updates the other. How so, do we combat that now? Does somebody add an extra field showing? How do you? Do we do anything for that now, or it's just people um, just get confused? It's just training if you. Yeah, train the train the users on you know which field to put first when you up so they know if you update this one it'll update this one but not vice versa. Okay. How how do you use those fields? I gotcha. It makes a lot so, of sense. Um, next is they've added some Shopify integration improvements. So it's troubleshoot Shopify integration. So if, so if you're it, shop if you're using the Shopify integration and you've got web orders that aren't able to come in or sync successfully. They're, they're adding better uh, error logging and visibility uh, to that. Okay. All right, back to some more inventory stuff. So usability improvements for warehouse inventory and tracking. Um, so this one's actually, it's kind of a lame title, to be honest with you, <laughs> compared to what the feature is. So yeah, and more to it. What it basically says is, it, you can turn on this feature that will automatically build a new warehouse employee record for you. If if someone's trying to access a warehouse document and they're not set up as a warehouse employee, this will automatically set that up for you. 
Microsoft offering clickbait. <laughs> um, uh, so here's another warehouse one. Use directed pick and put away suggestions in basic warehouse configurations. So this kind of is getting in the weeds on the advanced warehouse management, but um, in, in the current version, you have to have this directed put away and pick box checked on your location card in order to have the system suggest which bin should you go get something from or, or where should you go put it. What they're doing now is they're making these put away templates in the bin rankings available with with more basic warehouse configurations. So you don't have to turn on the advanced warehouse, advanced WMS directed picture put know. away to use bin rankings and the put away worksheets. It's pretty nice. Yeah. So, I wonder, wonder what's with Microsoft's uh, push for warehousing lately with updates. Right. I don't, I don't remember this much in the past. Well, it's it's it's, uh, you know, there there's. I mean, it's popular with all the e-commerce. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like we're it's always been kind of like okay we, we we don't need warehousing so we're going to be very basic we're just going to have a location code and maybe a shelf number on the item record that yeah. says where this is or we're going to use advanced warehouse management and that middle level kind of gave you some features but you couldn't do other features mm -hmm. i think what they're trying to do is through a series of these things here is give give you more flexibility to say okay well i uh, I, I need this piece, but you know, you can kind of more a la carte. Yeah. Selecting which pieces and parts you want to use so that you can uh, have a more tailored configuration uh, for your business. It's kind nice. of like my takeaway. Right. Um, uh, next, last one, last one for application. Then uh, I'll let you cover cover okay. Apple if you want. Um, Use general ledger allocations to distribute costs and revenue more efficiently. Uh, so what they're doing is they're creating something called an allocation key. That is, is kind of like a simple way that you can enter this allocation key. And then that key is going to be have a setup table linked to it. That's going to know how to distribute maybe a, a total that you enter across a whole variety of GL accounts and dimensions. So um, like uh, a simple example, I think might be like, uh, you know, telephone, uh, telephone bill might be an allocation key uh, where you have some allocation built in that uses statistical accounts to figure out what your headcount is by department. And then it takes that cell phone bill for a thousand dollars that you got and it distributes that cost across the different departments based on some percentages that are calculated. Nice. Uh, we used to call this years ago, I used to call this like dynamic allocations because <laughs> you're allocating things out maybe as a percentage of total revenue, a percentage of some statistical account uh, that's set up. Um, but the system each month, you just run the allocation, it figures out the amount to grab and how to allocate it based on some percentages that might change each month. Gotcha. So, <laughs> all right. So next up, we got Copilot and AI innovation. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, two new features, uh, really one new feature, right? But the first one is complete bank account reconciliation faster with Copilot. So bookkeepers and SMB businesses must import bank statements and reconcile transactions with their bank ledger entries in order to account for all customer payments, reimbursements, and purchases. So 
you know, Business Central already reduces efforts through automated transaction matching. Uh, the remaining work process really is, uh, you know, unmatched transactions each week, which remains, you know, very labor intuitive, I guess. So that's the first one. And then next up, we've got the get marketing text suggestions with Copilot. I'm not really sure why this is put on the 2023. Because they it was went from preview. Um, oh, now it's generally. Available. Yeah, and they also said they added some improvements and some additional. So, yeah, so this is really like if you're on, you know, you're in, you're in an item, this is going to help you generate the text for, for you know, the description for the item and, and things like that. Yeah, website, yeah, stuff like that. So it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I like it. I'm actually disappointed, like I said earlier, though, I thought there was going to be more Copilot AI innovations. Um, really, they're adding just one new thing, which is yeah. kind of sad, considering all the other products that have a whole bunch of new new features. All right. Yeah. Country and regional. I'm going to go through these pretty quick. There's 10 new features. Um, I think I'm just going to read each one. You want me to talk about any of them? Anything special? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Not, nothing to relates to yeah, us right i think that just the main that new report design thing is the biggest like feature. yeah there's a new design for report language and, and region settings um another feature is advanced payment and posting preview of tax documents for chechia direct transfer chechia e-submission of vat return in denmark iceland localization app uh and delocalization you know, all these all these there's like eight of them right they're yeah, all yeah. they're all denmark or chechia specific I, right. i'm not sure why those aren't localizations i don't know like how did these eight features get added to the list of new features yeah. for the for this version Th those definitely seem like localization features to me absolutely you know all right so Moving right along to development, there's four new features. Uh, let me just name them first. There's open Visual Studio code from web client to investigate or troubleshoot extensions. Turn off data analysis mode on pages and queries. Turn off indexes as a partner. Use the built-in rich text editor to enter data. Out of these four, my favorite being the cool as, you know, ice developer that i am is the uh open visual studio code from web client to investigate or troubleshoot extensions so as a developer consultant you can now launch a new visual studio code session uh, for a customer's production or prototype environment from the actual web client um you know different contacts will be supported such as from the page inspector or the help and support page for a page page field extension you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think as a developer, that's going to help cut down some of your time. Definitely. Little things. And, Definitely. And yeah, allowing you to have Visual Studio launch and it auto-downloads symbols, I think I saw, and kind of prepares the environment so that you can attach to the current live production section and debug. So yeah. that is, uh, yeah, clearly the the top development feature I think they added. Um some of the other ones like turn off analysis mode on pages and queries they just added analysis mode to to pages in the last release and all they're doing is they're saying on certain pages developers can now go in and turn this off yeah like it's like i don't know like it's bothering anyone I mean, it, it must have been right? <laughs> well right i mean the more uh, things on the the you know the less performance you get you know another one of those is turn off you mentioned turn off indexes as a partner uh all the different tables have indexes on it to improve performance but in, in in reality the more indexes you have it can actually slow down performance so if you're not using any an index or you don't need it 
now you can turn it off, which will ultimately improve overall performance. Right. I, it, it, it's not something we, we, have, we have not really seen the need to ever do it in Business Central Online, um, right? From meaning that the performance is 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 fine. Right. So to me, this is like almost uh, a potential for issues. Like, really? Hey, why did you go turn off these indexes? All of a sudden, stuff something is running slow because we didn't know. Maybe someone didn't know they were using something, and an index got disabled when it shouldn't have. I don't know. So it could create future problems. But it is, it is um, the little note on that one. And the reason I wanted to mention that one is because there's a little note on it that says that this is the last piece in the database performance tuning toolbox for partners. Last piece. So, yeah. So that so they've been slowly adding things for to allow partners to troubleshoot and optimize performance. Apparently, this is it. The, this is the last piece that that uh, is out that has been not yet added. Wow. So, and again, I, you know, thank goodness uh, we haven't had to do much performance troubleshooting uh, in no. BC Online. And usually, when we do, we're able to use the tools we have, identify what it is that's yeah. causing some slowness and and resolve it so use an extension or an app <laughs> yeah all right you want to jump in all right yeah so let's next section uh next topic uh, or group is governance and administration so this is for your system administrator so you bc system administrators out there um there's a new um Dynamics 365 Business Central Administrator role in the Microsoft Cloud Portal uh, that you can now assign to certain individuals to give them access so that right now it's just called Dynamics 365 Administrator. Yep. And so if you want them to be a VT administrator, they would also have the access to administer other Dynamics products. This one now is Dynamics 365 Business Central. Yeah. So you're saying you can go administer BC, but you can't go administer D365 yeah. sales or other product that you might I like use. it, but I don't like it. It's just, it's kind of like a, it's a right. not a major thing. No, no, but I mean, it's, it's you know, if a lot of people are trying to connect sales to Business Central or whatever, sometimes you need to be able to jump between both. That's right. Then you got to go through point. the whole process. Yeah, if, if you're a Dynamics 365 Business Central Administrator, odds are you probably also need to have administration capabilities of other D365 products. And I'd like to mention real quick, what I don't like about these administrator roles is I, I understand how, you know, the partner has to have security groups set up and, and link to that, but there's a max allowment of time that you can assign the administrator role to a person. I think currently it's, let's just say 700 days. Oh, right. After 700 days, you got to go through the process all over again. Correct. And if you've got a lot of customers, a lot of administrators, it's. Yeah, that can be a hassle. Yeah. Good public service announcement. Definitely. Remember that. Um, all right. Next one. Improved update release processes. So this is just basically saying and handling how they handle the updates to your environment. Uh, if, if you haven't specified a specific date uh, for your update then uh, Microsoft's going to basically more gradually deploy those over time. Um, and if, you know, just basically scheduling based on region. So not, nothing really big there. 
Uh, there's also another one. This is again, this is not a major thing for most people, most end users or customers. You have the now you have the ability to cancel cloud migration replication runs. So this is basically if you're if you're replicating your data from an on-premise environment up to BC online. Um, the first time takes a long time if you've got a big database because it's got to run and upload all this data. There's now a cancel button. So if you made a mistake or did something wrong, you don't have to sit like today. You'd have to wait for the whole thing to finish before you go. You know, change something yeah. or do something. Now you can cancel it um, again. Not really applicable for too, too many people. Nice though. So um, let me talk about a couple of legislation. I think it's kind um, of a new category they added recently uh, for these updates, legislation. Um, so there's a new thing called a digital, they're adding digital vouchers. So what you basically, um, you can require mandatory vouchers um, or use it voluntarily. Um, and basically what it does is if you've attached a document to a transaction, the document gets added as an attachment to the GL register. So now in your financials and your general ledger, you've now got these attachments attached. So this is for like certain uh, countries and regions are making um, audit, mm -hmm. you know, for audit perspectives, you need to have backup. Uh, and, and so that could be a, a backup copy of some file that's important for that entry. I think it's a nice feature. That got made. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, legis under legislation, e-documents <coughs> or as a global solution. So basically, they're um, they're just saying that the the e-documents module uh, is the new foundation layer for all e-invoicing standards coming covering most common practices. Um, I think what they're going to be doing is expanding the use of electronic documents, and they're just saying that they're they're kind of creating this as a framework. Yeah. So when I was reading about this, this is from what I understand it. They're trying to comply with the continuous transaction control CTC program. Um, before this, I was not familiar with the CDC program, so I, I looked it up. It's a concept that requires suppliers to submit e-invoices through a centralized tax authority system or decentralized, where suppliers are permitted to e-invoice purchasers directly, but must simultaneously send reporting data to the tax authority. So in other countries, it's not in the U.S. or like the U.K., but in other countries, they have like this governing tax authority called the Continuous Transaction Control, and they're required to send these invoices to them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's getting more and more common. Yeah, I was going to say it must be if if Microsoft is putting this within in in, in the in the product. So I yeah, wonder if it's going to ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And and another one along those lines is the last new feature of legislation, which is large companies to report payment times. So there's more and more countries now, especially in 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 uh, in, in Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, where companies have to report uh, to the government payment times, like how long it's taking them to pay their vendors, especially vendors that are smaller than themselves. Right. So. You know, I guess uh, you like Big Brother. That's the way to go, right? More <laughs> kind of more governance. Me. Yeah, it kind of scares me, but more governance. I don't think that. I also don't think that. I'm not sure though, but I think that's not 
part yeah. of a U.S. thing. Yeah. So let me handle two of the the two onboarding ones, and then I'll I'll let you handle your your three sixty five ones. So onboarding, um, they've added the ability to modify the text in the welcome banner uh, and, and skip the banner intro, intro state. So just being able to put a custom message into the welcome banner. Uh, and then you can also set the initial role that users will be assigned to when they do a trial. Currently, all users get put into the business manager role center. Uh, now partners have the ability to specify what role they want to assign to users who start a trial uh, through their through their organization. Right. It's nice, but it's it's not really Again, that not much, earth shattering. But nice, no. yeah. yeah. All right. On to productive with Microsoft 365, the talk of the town two years ago. Sadly, this time we've got one enhancement or one feature called enhancements to uh, Excel add-in. Uh, pretty much everybody who uses Business Central is familiar with the Excel add-in, but now dimensions are included on more pages when using that feature. Uh, there's increased accuracy of filters when you know information is transferred to the Business Central to Excel. Improved reliability and performance of data refresh and published through the latest OData v4 technology. And last but not least, the add-in now supports on-premises deployments that have a dedicated server instance specifically for OData feeds. I think that last one might be the most important, although financial people will love the dimensions yeah. that are included. Yeah. But, so, yeah, good to see they're, they're still doing some. They're still improving, improving that. <laughs> With all the cool Teams integrations and updates and, and, and whatnot, so... Yeah. All right. So next, and I think again, we have an, I think this is another new category. It seems like I said there's more and more categories that are coming up with. Yeah. So this one's reporting and data analysis. Um, so this first one is an analyze group and pivot data on queries using multiple tabs. So they created this this feature uh, public preview in 2023 wave one with how you can interact with data on list pages. And they've kind of extended some of that functionality. Um, you can share a, a link to a tab with a coworker um, and some other stuff. But basically, they're they're just improving that a little bit. Yeah. Um, they're also just uh, next one is discover report and data analysis content easily. I like this one. Um, so basically, uh, much easier to discover uh, report reports and bi tools like from the tell me yeah field which i did not know that a lot of these things weren't discoverable um in there you know, like data analysis, right? yeah like queries reports yeah power bi pages right so i, I didn't know that but yeah it's not things that i use so i actually like that feature yeah no i i agree i agree that's a nice one i'm a huge fan of the tell me feature i use it for everything right Absolutely. Um, next one is get Power BI reports for reporting and data analysis on finance, sales, and inventory. Um, this one is so they're adding APIs, queries that can be, you, be used uh, in the client. Um, build you can build Power BI reports and package them into a Power BI app that is available on App Source. Um, I thought you could do that already. Um, there are some, maybe they're maybe they're going to be easier BI apps on App Source. Yeah. yeah. Um, expose select queries as reports with Excel layouts. That's a cool one. 
Um, that was always a, I, I always wondered why that didn't exist. So basically you can, you can create a query where the query links multiple tables together, mm -hmm. right? And, and then you could use that query as an OData source in Excel or Power BI. But sometimes if you have that query, I might just want to be in Business Central and just run it and right. view the data on a, on a list page. So I, so I think that's what that's doing. And, and that's sounds like it, great yeah. I, because that's how I would love to consume a query. I just go in there, open it up, run it right from within Business Central people, would, yeah. and then hit send to Excel right. or open in Excel. Right. Yeah. Um, I hope it, I hope that's what it is. So I think that's what that is. Uh, and then, um, yeah, some other some other stuff. So. All right. So, yeah. So that's that's uh, reporting, reporting and analysis. All right. I'll take the service and platform and then we know you love the user experiences. <laughs> All right. So next up is service and platform. The first one is data loads faster in in the server. Uh, pretty self-explanatory. Um, the use of modern SQL data types for booleans and blobs and whatever is going to help increase the speed to load faster within in, in the server. Uh, next up, faster application scenarios. So by optimizing the speed of select scenarios in the application, you can experience a business central application that's more swift and responsive. Um, running country specific reports will make things quicker, renumbering general journal entries, validating the sales order subform field for tax group code, generating report 120H to counts receivable for larger data sets, and, and assigning serial numbers and posting reservation entries and item tracking lines. Last but not least, assembly to order processes. So by optimizing those, you know, you're going to increase. So I think what, what this tells me is that these are specific scenarios that they saw were taking a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So they they specifically targeted these features to make right. them run faster. Yeah, and I think that's what the whole category is about for service and platform. I mean, it, it's in every update and, you yeah. know, the faster, the, next, the better. The next one, though, I think the next one is just general, right? General. Pages load faster and client. Just everything's faster. Yeah, hopefully. Right? <laughs> and then we've got a performance gain by reducing locks in the uh, database. And basically the value of this is it'll, it will minimize the use of database locks when running business logic. This is going to benefit all usage scenarios, both for web service integrations, background jobs, and interactive sessions. So basically they're going to optimize um, the very central part of the DAC stack in the business central, sorry, data stack in the business central server, which is change the default locking behavior in AL from serialized read to read committed. And that's going to improve performance. Yeah. Next yeah. up, we've got what? Home stretch. We're home in the stretch. home stretch here. We got eight user experience. We're trying to blast updates. through it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think we're going to start strong and end with a whimper. But let's <laughs> let's see we'll see what happens. All right. So first uh, user experience improvement is add existing table fields to optimize your pages. Um, so what this allows you to do is basically. Uh, customize your pages per role, access more fields, add them to the right split, right place on the page better. Um, and and the, the key thing for me here is get access to more fields. What I believe this is, is, is currently when you go to try to personalize your page to add fields to it, you're limited to the fields mm -hmm. that Microsoft decides you should be able to add. Right. This says you can add whatever fields you want 
from that table to the page. Be interesting to see. Yes. So, so who's well, going to have control over it? Wait in the preview. Right. right. Yeah. Next one is uh, get to search, get to data search from anywhere in Business Central. This is another cool one. So this is another one of my top favorites. One of mine uh, as well. The, the last one was adding fields and adding any fields to the pages. Uh, and then this one, um, which is basically when you, um, the search results in tell me, like when you go do a search, mm -hmm. uh, include the top results of, of data, right? That you have access to. Yeah. So it's actually looking through the tables and fields in your data and showing you results. Uh, and there are, are ways that you can go in and configure it to either limit um, what it's searching through to make it faster or even add other stuff to it. Yeah. So it's it's, it's kind of like a like a global search, like a Bing a, search. A, absolutely. Right? Yep. That that's exactly what the tell me has become, which I love it. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. Um another little one there. Um they're adding uh on, on your browser tabs, it says distinguish browser tabs when multitasking. So what they're adding is they're they're changing the kind of the names of the tabs in your browser when you have multiple pages open at the same time to add kind of uh, multi like company context names so, so that distinguish it better yeah so you don't have eight tabs on the and they all look exactly the same you right. have no idea which is which that's exactly what that is yeah uh, the next one is share readable deep links to pages and records uh, so this offers again it's a it's a kind of a, a way that they're creating the urls in a shorter more consistent fashion so that those URLs can be shared easier yeah. with other people. The URLs are immensely long and confusing right now. So, if you yeah. ever copied and pasted yeah. a, a link maybe from a uh, item card page or something. Any page. It's 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 a long <laughs> yeah. link. Right. So so this will make that better. Welcome so that, change. That's kind of a cool one. Um the next one is uh manage user expectations with selection context based actions so this is really a neat one too so what this says is that while you're working in business central on a page you've got all your actions available right but some of them are going to be grayed out or disabled based on what you're doing because those aren't things that you currently are available to do mm -hmm. So again, making it way easier for the user to understand, oh, wait, it, my post button is disabled. That's right. not even something I can do here right now. Yeah, not just for the user. I mean, overall for the company, less errors, right? less issues. Yep. So that's kind of that's kind of a, a, a cool one there. Again, that's kind of like, yeah, let's go in and test it and see it. And to exactly. what, de what degree is it doing it? Right. And, and, and how much is it enable, really? Who can not enable you? Um, next one is peek at summarized data from editable fields. Uh, I actually I'm not even clear on what this one is. It's uh, that there's a thing called a peak control, it, yeah, peaking, right? Which is only which is currently only available in lists and non-editable forms, uh, and now you will be able to use the peak control to access customized information, summarized information about related records on every page. 
I don't I don't know what the peak control is though. Yeah. So now we have a homework assignment. Next yeah. month we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk have about a peaking firm understanding <laughs> of what the peak control is. So I have a feeling it's just something where it shows you a little blurb or URL or short. Yeah, or it's not labeled peak or whatever. And, um in there. But uh and then uh, two more to go. So next to the last uh, um, is search for pages and data in the mobile app. So this is huge to me. Sorry. So yeah. So this is uh, you, if you're using the the mobile app on your phone. Good best good example, right? You have kind of yep. smaller screens optimized for the screen size. Yep. Um, they're adding the tell me button, the search button. Yeah. To it. That's to me. That's probably especially if you use the mobile app that's one of the biggest things in this release right for you right i mean that's huge for right you. yeah <laughs> yeah for people who use their phones or the mobile client a lot um on a small screen size uh that that's that's tremendous yeah and then yeah like i said uh the last one last but last but perhaps least uh <laughs> Use actions to navigate or fix errors from inline validation dialog. Um, so basically, this is, you know, in the last release, uh, they introduced actions or error message that that can take the user to a place where they can go resolve their error. Like if there's a posting group error message, you can go to the posting table, right? Um, now to further increase abilities, uh, the same capabilities are being added to validation dialogues. Uh, so you can go to the page, fix the problem. If Yay. It's an error. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it, it, not bad, but not not. Yeah, have the wow, a minor wow factor. Minor, the others do. I think yeah. So so we're you know, but, this took about as much time as I thought, but yeah. we 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 got through it pretty quick. I thought. Um, my takeaway in this, I think you kind of summarized it already. Um, I think there are there's a lot in the area of warehouse. Yeah, a lot in in multiple use it using a business central across multiple environments. Yes, yeah, there's a few of those things in there. Um, a lot of just usability stuff um, and, and kind of some heavy hitters, though. some heavy hitters, but also some minor, yeah, small, not really applicable to a lot of people. So I think well, I um, got to pad the release wave. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put out just 50. If you're going to say you're, you're adding 50 new features, right, yeah. yeah, throw a couple cookies in there. Exactly. To, yeah. yeah. Like, all right. Oh, yeah. Throw these in there. Call that a new feature. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Yeah. No, but but overall, I mean, the application side, I think, is strong with the Absolutely. with the with the changes that are in there for warehouse inventory, um, visibility and, and processing. I, I think there's there's some pretty significant ones in there, mainly because it, it those warehousing inventory things impact such a broad number of business central yeah. users and companies. Right. Like some of these things like who who how many companies are doing consolidations? Right. How many companies use intercompany postings? Yeah. Right. But most people have inventory yeah. and have purchase orders. Right. So so those features of needing needing to receive inventory and ship inventory mm -hmm. out. They'll be big. Those are things that affect a wide number of people and adding yeah. more flexibility and capabilities in there yeah. um, to, 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 to tune in that process, I think it's huge. Yeah, yeah. but the multi-company, multi-production environment, business central customers, what, 1% of all yeah, business central customers? Yeah, it's a small number, but- Small percent probably. But very nice if you need it. 
All right. Well, we went through that pretty quick. Well, as quick as possible, I guess. Yeah, as quick as we know. It's possible. Next up, we got the uh, AI snack time. We're going to be talking about uh, recent, I guess it's an article or page or something, whatever that Microsoft yeah. posted. So let's bust out the pretzels. Absolutely. Back for our AI snack time segment. We're still enjoying another Modelo and eating some Dots pretzels for the snack. But in, in this AI segment, we want to talk about this uh, new Microsoft Learn web page slash article that Microsoft put out called Responsible and Trusted AI, um, their cloud adoption framework. And in this article, Microsoft outlined six key principles for responsible AI, accountability, inclusiveness, reliability, and safety, fairness, transparency, and privacy, and security. According to Microsoft, these principles are essential to creating responsible and trustworthy AI as it moves more in the mainstream products and services. And uh, these principles are really guided by two perspectives, which are ethical and explainable. Now, I know Ken and, and myself have issues with a couple of different ones and, and, and whatnot, but I, I'd like to just point out what I think the real issue with what with AI is basically the humans controlling it. I think that from the ethical perspective, you know, this is the main problem with AI. Is it unethical to believe in man-made global warming? Some would say yes, some would say no. Is abortion ethical, right? Some are going to say yes, some are going to say no. Is it ethical to use robots to replace human labor? Somebody is making those calls, and whether they're right or they're wrong, nobody can say it because it's an ethical issue. You know what I mean? That's the point. It's half the world believes it and half the world doesn't believe it. So somebody's always going to be influencing AI with their beliefs, which is going to cause some sort of issue. Yeah, and I think um, we, you know, this this article we'll put in the uh, show notes so you can see it. It's it's from April 20th, actually, 2023. Right. And um, <clears throat> I, I think if you read through this article, uh, it actually makes you understand what you said even more that that it that it is about people, right? Mm -hmm. That that um, there's all of these considerations about how are people going to be accountable for how they build their AI models, um, and is it inclusive and safe and fair? Is there transparency? And mm -hmm. um, the more you read through this, you know the more it's like, wow, yeah, okay, this is like people are making this. Um, and you yeah. see words like fair and reasonable or uh, expectations or, yeah. uh, right, it, which are, which are, everybody. yeah. Everybody perceives those subjective yeah. terms, which we know already that not everyone agrees on on these things, yeah. right? There's, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's, there are obvious things, of course, yeah. which I think, you know, 99.9% right. of people are going to agree on on e either right. end of the spectrum. But there's probably just as many or more that are so somewhere in the middle um that that are going to create things so how you know how you, how you say something uh, needs to be fair or reasonable um from different it's, people's perspectives it's impossible yeah um so if we want to talk about the first one up there accountability so my thoughts on on, on this 
this section is that I 100% agree that people need to be held accountable. Um, the issue that I have, though, is to what extent? From everything that I hear, AI can be, you know, 100 times more uh, impactful and, and, and deadly or, or whatnot than nuclear warheads. That's that's what the, the talk is, right? So does that mean when you're holding somebody accountable, is it jail time if they do something? How do you, how are they, be, how are they being held? These are like right. guidelines. Yeah. But how do you possibly yeah. hold, you know, Joe, Pete, Sue, Mary, and Jose, who were part of that team that yeah. developed that feature, you know, with AI, how do you hold those people? Who right. May, they made a mistake that killed, I don't know, 50,000 people. Who, You're going to hold them right. accountable? Who may have done that work three or four years ago. Right. Or aren't even working there anymore. Right. Is is is, yeah. is jail time ethical? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, who knows? Yeah. But now that's one of the ones I had an issue with. You want to, you have one you had an issue with? Yeah. Um, the, uh, exp under explainability, right? So under these two different categories, you got ethical and right. explainable. So under explainability, um, you know, the, the key one I saw was transparency. Um, if you've gone out and tried chat GPT or other AI tools out there, you type in a question and it gives you an answer. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what it used as its source for that. I mean, it's just it's chat GPT is the source, right? It You're used to trust it. It used its universe of knowledge. Right to come up with that answer. And we know that many times those are not accurate answers. Yes. It will hallucinate, as they say. <laughs> uh, right? It needs to offer some sort of sources for people. So to me, um, you know, it says uh, uh, achieving transparency helps the team. So by the way, this is these are principles for the developers, for the administrators, and the users. So yeah. this kind of different things apply to different groups. But in, in this one, it's transparency helps the team understand the data and algorithms used to train the model, what transformation logic was applied to the data, um, and, and so on. Insights into how the model was created, which allows it to be reproduced in a transparent way. And what, what I think about is the interview that the Google CEO did where he acknowledged in an interview with a reporter that he did they did not understand how it did something that it did. Yeah. So to me, I I think it's interesting. Like how how can they make it transparent and understand how they can reproduce a result in a transparent way when they don't even understand how it did something that it did? Yeah, I think what you're referring to is there was only trained their AI models only trained in English. And somebody decided to ask it a question in a different language for this, let's just say it was Dutch. And the AI model actually responded in Dutch and they have no idea how the AI model learned yeah. Dutch, which is very scary. And maybe we don't know as much as we as we should. But yeah, to your point, you can't make it fair. I mean, maybe they can one day, I guess. But. I mean, I think and I think it's uh, kind of my other big major takeaway point on this reading this article is that. I think it's very good that that there's that that they that this is that's this got created right that there is thought being put into these things, but it, it kind of is just 
the CYA, right? Like they're just covering their bases yeah. here um, because who, you know, it isn't, it isn't, um, you know, the major corporations necessarily who everyone's worried about where this could go. It's the nefarious players, someone who may not be following these rules and what right. are they going to do with it? And what's the penalty uh, for them not yeah. following these principles or guidelines that the better part of the world is following? Yeah. And I think we have to mention, and this just popped up in my head, this, so this article is written, or whatever, was from April 20th, 2023. I think since then that Microsoft, Facebook, Google, and, and, and some of the major players have come together to create some sort of governing um I don't want to say rules, maybe expectations of AI through through a meeting at the White House. Have you heard anything about that? No. I, I think I heard that. So uh, I'll look that up and report back next time we have our next podcast. But I think there's some sort of principles that might be in play for, for AI in the future. Who yeah, knows? it's a big, you know, it's a small world and it's a big world. So um, I don't know. They're not part of this uh, group that's decided these principles make sense. Where yeah. does that leave us? Uh, you know, is the question. Well, yeah. So. I don't know. It, I guess what is yeah, what is kind of scary is that AI is basically going to be the end all be all, right? It's says you. Well, says AI. I mean, if you ask AI, in AI's mind, it's the governing governing whatever. It just tells you what it wants and. People are supposed to believe it right now. Well, well not yet, but right. Well, and that's why I that's why I'm such a in so bothered by the transparency of it. Yeah. I I think they have to do a better job on the transparency. Or 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 another one under actually under under the ethical area, that one of the categories is reliability and safety. Well, reliability kind of falls under that transparency thing too like mm -hmm. can i rely on this this result that it's giving me did it Nobody just hallucinate knows. did it come up with this and 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 so the problem is you could say ken 99.9 percent .9 of the time it's an accurate answer i would say how do i know this isn't that 0.1 percent of the time yeah yeah Right. If it's for something important where my my job is, you know, this this could this could cause issues for me. It's some sort of a quality control check on a on a part that we're producing or something. And I've I've somehow incorporated AI into it. And it's maybe, is it, you know, it's that one point one percent that I'm relying on it. For. No way. Um, that's that that's the thing. So I think it. It, it has to be proven to be reliable and transparent. And I think these AI companies in the future are going to combat what you just said, saying, well, 99.9% .9 of the time it's right. That's more than anything else you do. So don't worry about that 0.1%. You know, they'll spin it, you know, these marketing people out there, <laughs> they'll spin it to where you, you end up believing AI no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But I think overall, I don't know if you've ever read the book, like I said, I've mentioned before, the George Orwell book, 1984, where they have the Ministry of Truth, the Ministry of Peace, the Ministry of Love, and, and the Ministry of, of Plenty. That's what is going to be needed for, well, not needed, but that's where AI is going, where there's a governing body of all these things. 
<clears throat> that basically tell you what the truth is. We're, we're going to replace critical thinking, Ken. It's over with. <laughs> well, I don't know. One hell of a way how, and, how, and, how, and how long? How long, you know? Will, well, will, will we be around? Well, I'll tell you what. Once AI becomes adopted by more, it's going to double itself at an unheard of rate. Within five years, this is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be a world we don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I hope that. We'll see. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that about sums it up for us. Uh, another great podcast. Always fun. Fun good beers. Fun. Uh, had a good time. Uh, yeah. It's 91 degrees outside. So we're going to wrap this up and head out into some hot weather. Um, until next time, everybody, stay nice, stay fun, have fun. I don't know. Ken, take us home. Bye. Bye. As we end today's podcast, we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens, shares this podcast, and leaves us reviews. You've taken a good amount of your time out of your day, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode. Thank <laughs> you.